pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Welcome back to the Pie and a Pint podcast. I'm sure you've been here before, so make sure you, you hit that like and subscribe button. Tonight is transfer deadline day. And a few of you have been asking, where is Jim White's yellow tie? Don't worry, we have got you covered. <laughs> so let's kick things off with Leeds, and they've signed Renz winger Rafinha. So Luke, do you want to start us off with that one? I've never heard of him. I've heard of Rafinha, but that's because there's about 50 of the bastards, isn't there? Yeah, he's not that one. He's not that one that were at Barca no, and Shakhtar. No. There was one I don't know. Hopefully, he's good. There's been a few Rafinhas. I don't. I still think we're all waiting the definitive one, and maybe this is it. <laughs> Do you think it's Leeds are after a winger at the moment? Do you think Leeds no. are struggling in depth, or I found that a weird, like in terms of a position they'd go for, a bit odd because they seem quite strong on wing. But Pablo Hernandez is getting on in saying he's like 35, and I think he's been injured. And I know he sometimes plays like a tucked in winger, so maybe it's a long term replacement for him. Bielsa okay. obviously wants one because you were after Dan James as well, weren't he? No, he said he wants a winger. He wants a winger, not a carpet fitter. <laughs> well, the bid <laughs> twenty five million and it and it got rejected. So Jesus Christ. You gotta regret it. It'd be that. their second time going in for Dan James as well, won't it? After they failed a few It'll be the fucking last if they ever watch him play. <laughs> Please take him. So, moving on then, Bayern Munich also was in talks with Hudson-Odoi with a loan, loan move option to buy for £70 million. Josh, I think you brought that one to me. Do you want to run us through that? Well, I, I can't believe Chelsea rejecting that. If that's an obligation to buy for £70 million, I don't know what, what Lampard's seeing in him. If it's an option to buy, fair enough. Chelsea aren't guaranteed to get anything out of that. They, they're going to want the money, but... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Seeing some of Bayern's signings today. Ooh, what what is going on? What we will, even is the we world will get anymore? to that one, though. You were, <laughs> we will get to um, that. But let's I, I think it was an obligation to buy for seventy million. And do I think Callum Hudson Odoi will ever be worth seventy million pounds? Absolutely not. Um I, I don't see anything special. I thought Bayern would have learned when they didn't get him last time and then he turned out to be bang average. Um, but they, they obviously, they do like him. They've obviously gone back in for him. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. So we've spoke about big signings and new deals like Jack Grealish signing for Aston Villa. Another one who's re-signed with the club is Raul Jimenez for until 2024. Luke, do you see that being a big signing for them, managing to keep hold of him? Oh, yeah. Great player. Mexican Chris Wood. Big fan. He, um, he's a lot more than a finisher, though. I think, you know, the, his work rate is really good. And uh, he, I think everything goes through him now, especially with Hotter having left. He's key to how they play. Wolves haven't started particularly well. Um, I know they beat Fulham, didn't they, last night or whenever it was. You just mentioned Hotter, though. Do you think he's going to be a big miss for them? I don't know, really. I, I like Totter. Um, so, yeah, I'd say so. I don't think they've replaced him, have they, to my knowledge, off the top of my head? No. They've not been very active in general, have they, Wolves? Or am I missing something massive, apart from that kid they bought for 
You've signed a billion pounds. They've signed right, eighteen Portuguese up. players, aren't they? So yeah. I mean, they've brought in the Portuguese under eighteen. Sporting Lisbon, they'll turn out in green next season and just change the name. They're like just taking it. It's like identity theft. It's calling <laughs> feds. I don't know. Yeah, he'll be a miss. Um, but Jimenez, yeah, of course, great to keep him. Good, good player. I think he'd improve a lot of the teams in the top six. To be fair. United being one, I think he'd be. We're not in the top six. <laughs> um, you know, he's, oh, I'm 16, he's, a really decent, he's a really good player. Yeah, I agree. So it looks like Gwen is actually heading out on loan, but probably arguably, arguably the biggest transfer coming into Arsenal is Thomas Partney. Um, I know Arsenal have paid a release clause of 45 million for him at the moment. Josh, how massive is that for Mikel Arteta and Arsenal? Well, I think it's a great signing. I think they've lacked. Arsenal have been um, sort of good going forward, but defensively they've always been let down. And I'm trying to think back ever since sort of Vieira and Gilberto Silva. I can't think of another sort of hard man tackler that they've that they've had in the team. It is something that they've, they've massively missed. I think Wendy's were meant to be that, but. He weren't where he was just a little rat. Um, <laughs> I think, I hated. I think you were a good player, though. You know, I, I saw nah. him put a few. I think you were a good player, just a pussy at the same time. And a good yeah, he was a he was a whinging little prick. And yeah, but he were a decent little. Player. I'm surprised. That, I mean, he's still only what, like 22. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it's 22, 23. I, I get the fact he's been bombed out. I feel there's a bit of friction with Arteta and other members of the squad because I can I can picture he's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, he comes across like one on the pitch. So I bet you can imagine him in the dressing room. You just yeah. want to smash his face in, money <laughs> without sounding like a psychopath. Um, yeah, but I think I think Thomas Party will be a great signing. I don't understand why they've waited until deadline day. He's got a forty-five million release clause, which isn't a lot of money. For a, for a big club, no, but but for a big club, it, it's it's that's, not. That's forty five Dale Stevenson's mate. <laughs> Do you think it's a bit of a steal for for that release clause and the ability that that he actually has? So I know Atletico Madrid are absolute raving about him, aren't they? So sort of yeah, for, to have seems, a release clause of forty five million seems a bit bit weak. It does seem that. low um, because especially Spanish release clauses seem to. To normally be sort of excessively high. I don't know if he signed it when he was quite young or something like that, and he just never signed a new deal. Uh, but yeah, I think 45 million, what does that get you now? Not quite an Aaron Wan Bissaka. <laughs> yeah, good deal. That. <laughs> so Ben Godfrey's signed for Everton for 20 million. I think that's a class. Last bit of business from Everton again. I think they've been very good in the transfer market. Luke, do you want to run us through that one? Um, well, I, I'm going to disagree, Nick. And I know that that's what I do with both of you generally as a live for a living. But um, I don't know. When I watch Norwich defensively again, I can only go off, you know, I, don't, I didn't watch them like some kind of Norwich addict. But against Burnley last season, their defence was absolute shite both games. Jamal Lewis, the left-back, looked like a child against us, but now he's doing well for Newcastle. So maybe they're just in a shit team, you know. Uh, ben Godfrey got bullied 
both games. Someone's going to now put in the comments, he didn't even play it to no, because I don't know, but he definitely played at Carroll Road. <laughs> and um, it were wank, you were absolutely bullied. And that game could have been about 8 0. Um, but like like I just said, Jamal Lewis looked really terrible and he's, he's looked good for Newcastle. He's certainly good against us overnight. So maybe it, it's just a case of getting out from Fark's weird system that they played. So expansive, even playing from the back. Um, playing along, alongside someone like Michael Keane, who I really rate and I have done for years. Um, and now we're starting to show it at Everton. Maybe he'll come on. I, I don't rate Yerry Mina particularly, so... I think he's the one who's going to miss out. I think he's just, and I use this term a lot on here, but a big fucking lump. And he's great for a corner goal, as England discovered. But I think he's a bit of a, you know, if you're looking at weak spots in that Everton team, and there isn't many now, I think, I mean, obviously Pickford, that's one right away. Um, and then after that, yeah, I think they could have done with another centre-back to play alongside Keane. So I think Mina might be the one to miss out. Yeah. So, Fakayo Tomori heading out on loan to West Ham looks to be on the cards. I'm incredibly biased on this after he was uh, player of the season under Frank Lampard when he brought him in. But, Josh, what do you make of Tomori heading out to, on loan to West Ham? Um, I think I think he's a decent player. Um, he, he really the close to England call-up or he got an England call-up last, last Yeah, week. he had so, one, he just didn't make team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that were deserved at the time. I think he started he started the season really well for Chelsea, um, but then fell out of favour. Um, West Ham have switched to a back three, um, so maybe that's what they're thinking. Um, get another centre back in because I know I know Diop's not played, and they're playing Aaron Quest, Qu- Cresswell. Is, uh, <laughs> Cresswell is the sort of left centre back in in a back three. Um, I don't know. He's, if they're playing three there, they probably just think they need a bit more strength in depth. Because um, I know Diop's missing out at the minute. And he's, I think, widely regarded as, as the best one. Um, but Ogbonna and uh, Balbuena are doing well. They, they probably just want numbers there if, if they've got to put three three centre-backs out every game. Um, trying yeah, to get, I, think he'll, I think he'll do all right. They were trying to get Tarki, obviously. So maybe this is the yeah. contingency that they had, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a good development for him as well, won't it? I mean, West Ham look to be in fine form at the moment. If they are playing with a back three, he offers that bit of pace. I know if players, well, I watched him at Derby County when players had gone past 10 yards in front, he'd just make up that ground so quick and make last-ditch tackles and you're unreal. So I think for him to sort of grow and maybe get into the Chelsea team next year, I think this would be a good loan move for him, so... Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how he does. It's quite so, important top pace in centre backs. Yeah. So staying with West Ham and they've actually cancelled Jack Wiltshire's contract today. And um, Luke, what do you think Jack Wiltshire needs to sort of get his career back on track? He needs to accept that he needs to retire. No one's <laughs> gonna make the same mistake West Ham did again. Surely not. <laughs> Surely not. Um, this is why you're saying like 10 minutes. Burnley have signed Jack Wilshire. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just flat out. Jack Wilshire and Dale Stevens' partnership in centre mid sounds unreal. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to Wilshire. You know, I always remember when he went on loan to Bolton when he was like 18. And he, he 
I'm not going to say single-handedly, but they were they were rooted, they were bottom at league. Owen Coyle was our manager, and he'd set up for Wilshire to come to come on loan to Burnley. And he'd, he'd not played at league yet for Arsenal. He'd just been playing in that cup run they had, and he'd got a bit mm. of a hype about him. And he was coming to Burnley, and then Coyle left and took him to Bolton. So it was like a double whammy. They got a, a great manager killed us, flattened us, and this player, this young lad. And he, I just remember some of the goal. He scored, I think, a great volley against him. I can't believe I can remember this one. It's like 12 years ago but against West Ham. And, yeah, he just looked really good. And then for them first, like, two or three years at Arsenal, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He looked a great cross. We're still talking. He was still like a teenager, maybe 20. Started getting England squad. And then, I don't know, I mean, he's had a shit ton of injuries, but he started to believe his own hype a bit as well. You he, he just constantly heard of him being out on town, didn't you, and on piss and yeah. came across like a bit of a bell end at times. I've got notes to base that on other than how it appears, you know. <laughs> I, we all agree, though, don't we? Yeah, you know, yeah. If you had like a... If you had a picture of Jack Wilshire and three cards that are descriptions of people, one says, lovely man... One says, um, absolute gentleman, and one said, probably a bell end. You'd choose that card. You'd wonder, <laughs> you'd wonder why there were two almost exactly the same cards. All right. Absolute <laughs> gentleman, fisherman, <laughs> potential bell end. Yeah. I'm just saying, anyway, that doesn't really reflect. His injury prone, his, his body's. Not a temple. Um, he's knackered, and he needs to probably retire at 28 as an absolute multi, multi, multi millionaire, and be very happy for the luck he's had in his life. And fair play to him. Do you not think dropping down a league, maybe signing for someone like I don't know Huddersfield, or you know yeah. what I mean, Sign, signing for a team that's not no. at a level of pushing promotion, but you know what I mean, no. just trying to get himself fit and get himself if back into. Is a is a is a southerner. If he can't be asked on eighty grand a week at a club size of West Ham playing in Premier League, still, he's not going to be asked at North West playing for Huddersfield in Championship. And yeah. he'd get his body's knackered. Two kicks. You were always like every time he had one of his comebacks for West Ham or Arsenal, he'd come on for about an hour, and then just go off crying, wouldn't he? And he wouldn't be seen for another six. <laughs> the guys come out. He said that he were fit for. A large portion of time, including the last eight months, but just weren't getting picked. No, what last eight months it. through COVID when no <laughs> football? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I, I hate the lad. I've got nothing against him. I'm just saying, I can't believe any club will sign him. I, I think you'll see him either. No, I do. I think you'll see him genuinely on the Sky Sports Bunderton circuit next season. Is my shout. Bit of a Micah Richards. Yeah, who himself likes thirty? Yeah, Can't last anymore. Well, I'm a millionaire. Why is it matter? <laughs> yeah. So one of the most bizarre transfers, and Josh already knows exactly what it is. But Chupamotin to Bayern Munich, done deal, signed and delivered. I honestly think his agent could get me a trial at Real Madrid, and I'd probably get a signature. <laughs> that's that's how bad this this transfer is. But Josh, talk us through it. I don't think I can. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we all knew we were shit at Stoke and we were all shocked when he moved to PSG and then we thought, oh, maybe 
maybe there's just something that we've not seen. And then we watched Champions League final and he came on for five minutes and cost him Champions League. And Bayern have gone, well, maybe this is why he's cost him Champions League. <laughs> but I, I just don't know. I mean, Gunasaurus has been let go by Arsenal. And if I were him, I'd get two promoting agent because he'd be in fucking Jurassic Park next yeah. year. They'd take Lewandowski's shirt, wouldn't he? I, I just I, I don't know I don't I don't understand it's a bit I don't understand what's happening <laughs> I don't know Jeff I don't know just a bit <laughs> oh, you might want to buy Munich I'll, I'll put it out there I'd do say fuck it <laughs> it's like they've gone we might not get Hudson Adoy this young pacey got potential player we'll sign Chupamoting who's absolutely got zero ability <laughs> He's going to add nothing I, to the team. I, genu- I genuinely rather have Chupa Chups on a free <laughs> than Hudson Adon yeah. 70 mil. It's like they've gone, who's the shittest double barreled surname player we can get? And they've failed for Hudson Adoy. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd lined up Jemba yeah. Jemba next. Jemba Jemba was class. <laughs> for us, anyway. They might even get Park G Sung out of retirement. And now nah, he were class. He hey. were class. Come on. I never knew what his name really was, though. Some commentators would say G Sung Park, some would say Park, and some would say Park G Sung. It's a fucking riddle wrapped inside an illusion. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Right, let's, let's have a break from transfers. Let's hit, hit up the score predictions that we've done for the last week. So, oh God. Luke, you had Derby to lose 2-0. You had Burnley to win 1-0 against Newcastle. And then you had Man United to draw 2-2 with Spurs. You got zero points, but talk us through your picks. Yeah, I mean, Derby, I didn't see that for love and money with Formula in. But Neither did I when I watched game, to be honest. I've only seen, seen the goal, you know, which was a great goal, but... Yeah, what can you say? Season starts for you. I guess you've got to believe that that's the the injection yeah. of belief that your team needed. Burnley, I don't know where to begin. Massive, massive, massive trouble wearing. Massive. Uh, need players back and pronto. Only played well for 15 minutes. Um, and United. I didn't watch it. What was score? Did we play? You know, I, I know some United, United fans, not Josh, who said, yeah, but Martial got sent off. That meant no difference at all. That is such a cowardly way out. You know who I'm talking about if you watch this. Because um, <laughs> it could have been two or three in by then, really, couldn't there? Or yeah. there was, I don't even remember. Um, yeah, two in by then. I don't know what to say. I'll let Josh elaborate. <laughs> Yeah, we'll move on to yours then, Josh. So you had Norwich to win 3-0 against Derby, Burnley 1-1, and Man United to win 2-1, which also got you zero points for the week, but run us through your picks. Uh, so again, I thought I thought Norwich would win. I watched game, um, and I thought first half, the Norwich were by far a better team, and started second half well, got that penalty, um, and Pookie slipped over. Um, and then Derby just hung in there, and sort of grew in confidence, I think. I think 
they sort of seemed to realise Norwich weren't that good um, and attacked a bit. A great run, I don't know the player's name, but um, a great run by one of your players to win the free kick. Um, and it, I think it was Morgan Whitaker who'd just come on, didn't he? I, I don't know. No, it was no. good. It was very good. Um, and then a brilliant free kick from Rooney. Um, yeah, a, a very important win for you, I think. Um, but I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Burnley, um, I didn't watch a lot of game. I, I turned it on in the second half, so I saw equaliser. And then it was very quick. Newcastle scored and that just seemed to to kill Burnley off. Um, United, what? what I think we're going to talk about it later, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I were actually, at, at points, I would just sat, sat laughing. I, I could have gone the other way and gone full Patrice Everett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just just terrible. And I, I were almost annoyed that Martial got sent off because it could then be used as an excuse. Um, Solskjaer coming out and saying, oh, first 30 seconds were fantastic. And nah, just just utter shit. Let's quickly talk about that red card then. So, obviously, Marshall sort of gave him a tap on now. Do you think, obviously, they both should have got sent off rather than Marshall just being? Yeah, I don't see. Can, I don't see how you can only send one of them off. Um, I think, I think a pair of yellows would have would have sufficed. But if you send him one off, I think you've got to send both off. Uh, the referee obviously saw Martial's, didn't see Lamella's. And I, I don't know. I don't know why VAR didn't then say, look at this one as well. But what? It, it really wasn't the story. Um, well, Lamella's reaction was just disgraceful, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I hate but Jose Ola loved that, wasn't he? Um, oh, Eric! Because that's what really... Fr- yeah, I think that's what really frustrates me in football. It's like... Lamella gives him a tap, Marshall gives him one bite, and then he has like a couple of seconds waiting, realises referees then looking, grabs his neck, falls on the floor. You just think it's just ridiculous and it just it frustrates me like the football's gone to that sort of level. And then you've got VAR making incorrect decisions on it. You just think, what's it actually there for? Yeah. But I don't like like Luke said, I don't think that was ever gonna stop the result of the game. I think no. They were still going to be pummeling goals, and Marshall's not in defence. It's the defence that's probably at fault for a large part. It's um, as well. Yeah, Hot just though. completely fell apart. I know we were laughing at Derby losing four 0 last week, but I'm glad this one's come out this week. <laughs> but uh, right, I'll move on to my pick. So I had Norwich to win one nil against Derby. I had Newcastle to win 2-0 against Burnley and I had Spurs to win 1-0. So I got four points for this week. Agree with Josh when I didn't see Derby getting a result there at all. I mean, Norwich controlled the game for large parts. I think what Derby did well were they noticed Norwich liked to play down the middle and we made them forced to put crosses in and we had three big centre-backs in the box. Um. But yeah, we controlled the game, sort of making them play to their weaknesses. And luckily, Rooney's got a bit of touch of class on set pieces. He's, that's about all he's got, touch of class. But um, managed to put the ball in back of the net. Burnley, I, I do like the Newcastle team. I've said before on, 
I'm not sure if it was podcast one or two, but I'm liking the Newcastle team with Callum Wilson. I think he adds an actual goal threat where last year there was relying on Joel Linton and I think he's a big pile of gash. <laughs> um, and then Spurs, yeah, I said I said last week as well that they're probably on a hype about how they beat Chelsea in Cup and I think they carried that over against Man United. And I can only see Gareth Bale coming into the team. They're going to be even more of a threat mm-hmm. if they can get Harry Kane, Bale and Son on form. It's going to be a bit scary for them. And I can see him being up there with Everton. Maybe it could be a completely change of of season in the Premier League this year. It could be. Yeah. Liverpool, Everton, Spurs. I'm struggling to see City being up there at the minute as well. The the fan situation, all bets are off. Clearly, the fear factor is not there. It's going to be another Leicester City year, isn't it? Where. Could be. Someone's going to take it by own. Like I say, they haven't got the added pressure of the fans. I mean, you look at West Ham, all they do is boo whoever the manager is at the time. And it's such a negative atmosphere where fans aren't there. They're sort of playing with that bit of freedom, aren't they? But, yeah. So for three weeks, we've got Luke, you stay on seven points. Josh, you stay on six. And I've taken the lead with 11 points. Well done, Jeez. mate. Thanks, Paul. So we're not going to be doing any predictions for next week because obviously it's the international break. So we'll be back with the predictions as of the weekend 17th. So moving back to transfers, uh, we've got Tossin. I'm going to say the surname incredibly wrong. Adarab Yogo <laughs> to follow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember him. Mm. So... He's a Man City youngster who was on loan at Blackburn last season. Apparently played really, really well at centre-back for them. Luke, do you know much of this this player heading out on loan to Fulham? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Move on. Move on, yeah, OK. Yeah. Fulham fans will be tuning into this. What about tossing... I've heard about that. that. I don't know about Chenk, Chenk tossing. I know him. No. It's not him, is it? No. Talk about him. <laughs> right, we'll move on to another Man City centre-back then. Eric Garcia, who Barcelona are looking to pay a £10 million fee to bring him to Barcelona. Do you think that's a strange strange one, Luke? Um, I don't know. I don't. Koeman's targets seem weird in general, don't they, at Barca? So I, I don't, I've, never, I've not seen him enough to comment. I think he filled in a couple of games for City mm. this season, maybe. Certainly at tail end of last. I definitely yeah. remember seeing him play. Didn't he get a bad injury? Or maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. He had a head thing on like a petty check thing when I watched him over there. Maybe it were the, af- the aftermath of whatever I'm remembering. But yeah, I don't know enough about him. I don't even know who Barca's centre-backs are these days. PK must be like 34 now, I'm guessing. Mm. Um, titty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't care how good he is. That Green. French guy as well, whose name I forgot. Don't know enough about a French Barca's squad to comment, really, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think yeah, I see. Uh, sorry. Um, a bit of a PK when he were at United. I think he, he, he came from Barca, didn't he? And I think he's always going to go back there. If they don't get him tonight, which is 10 o'clock and they've not yet, uh, I think he'll just go on a free next year. Um, yeah, I'm going to say the exact same, Josh. A bit of a PK situation where 
he's still young, he's still got his potential. He's played mm. a couple of games for Man City first team. His contract ends in 12 months, so you can probably see it coming around to next season. Barcelona pick him up on a free, could become world class. And, yeah. you know, I mean, clubs could be after him in a couple of years' time for 40 to 60 million, and they've made a, a brilliant little signing. But what, yeah. did you, what did you make of his performance of the night? Cause he, did, he did play, didn't he? I know you said he had that head guard on, but. I think he's all right. Um, I think he's. he looks like a young centre back. It looks like he's got a mistake in him, but you see um, sort of glimpses of a good player. Um, I don't think he'd be anywhere near City starting lineup if they weren't worried about him going back to Barcelona. I think he's being played as like an incentive to say, "Look, you'll get first team football here." Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's a done deal. Whether it happens now or next year, I think he'll be back at Barca. Yeah. So another one then for us is Ruben Vinagre from Wolves. He's gone on a season-long loan to Olympiacos. I know all three of us have him in our fantasy draft team. So, Luke, is this going to be you taking your first transfer? Fuck it. (laughs) 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 I know you keep going on about staying loyal to your boys, but are you going to be making a transfer? I'm going to have to, aren't I now? I have to learn how to do it. I didn't even know that had happened. If you're not told me, I'd have left vinegar in my squad for the season. (laughs) I mean, you can't be doing much worse on it, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fire. It was the first week. And next one. <laughs> wow. Right. So Theo Walcott, that transfer of him going out on loan to Southampton, it doesn't look to be in, in Carlo Ancelotti's plans at all. But I think it's a good signing for both club and player. Obviously, going back to where he come from at Southampton. But what do you make of that one, Josh? Um. Yeah, it's a bit of a like a nice story, isn't it? He um, he's going back to where he started, um, like a a shit version of Bale to Tottenham. Um, I, I don't know. I I've never been convinced that he's like a top top player. I know he's had he's had good games, but he's always been inconsistent. Um. He'll probably get game time for Southampton. He weren't great at Everton, were he? Um, so, yeah, I think he's all right. He'll do okay. I think he'll be in team, but not not score score loads. Do you think he's just going to be a bit of a squad player in first team if they've got an injury, on bench, just making up numbers, really, making... Yeah. Yeah. He's, the, he's, he's a good addition to Southampton squad. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they've probably seen it as that. I don't. Is it a loan or a, a permanent? Yeah, loan? loan. Yeah. So yeah, if he's any good, they'll they'll sign him next year, won't they? Yeah. So another another strange one that I thought was Ryan Sessegnon from Tottenham going on loan to Hoffenheim. Yeah. I know the loan deal's been done, but it doesn't make too much sense. For me, from a player who was so highly raved about a few years ago, coming from Fulham, but it's a strange loan. But what do you make of that one, Luke? It's not really done much at Spurs, though, has he? I, I, I can't say for sure how much he played last season. But when Fulham were in the Prem, that one season when they got relegated, and um, obviously signed last summer when they went down, didn't he? He didn't really pull up any trees for them in the Prem then either. I'm, I'm not saying he's 
not good enough because I know he's only like 19 or 20 even now, isn't he? But mm. uh, he's clearly got quite a lot of growth still in him that he needs to play games to improve, to be good enough for a team like Tottenham. He's not there yet. Um, I don't think it's clear what his best position is either because I know he played a lot of games at left back and a lot on left wing. I think he even played some of like just off the striker at Fulham at times yeah. in the championship. So I don't know. I, I think um, clearly Mourinho doesn't think he's ready um, either and he's not going to get in that team at the moment on in like an attacking position anyway. The left wing would be a mixture of Son and Bale. And you'd imagine Lamella and, and Mora are both way ahead of him too. And I think on a left-back basis, there is probably a chance for him, because I don't know, I've said a few times I don't rate Ben Davis, but yeah, I think he you know, might be a good move. Quite a few English players have gone to Germany because it's a weak league um, and shown the German players how to... Loves play. that one. He likes to get that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, I mean, you look at championship players like Jude Bellingham going and ripping it up. So shows how the strength of that league is, really. <laughs> Get it in, uh, but no, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I think you said it as well. They don't really know what his best position is. I think he's a bit weak at left back, but going forward, he's he's got that touch of class about him, and to where he's got a quick burst of pace, get past players, but. Uh, I just I just don't think Hoffenheim would be, you know what I mean, the right club for him to have gone to. Maybe he should have gone to, gone back to Fulham and for them to have took him back on loan or, you know what I mean, someone bottom half of the Premier League who we probably could have. We really could. We yeah, exactly, Burnley. A lot of young English players seem to be, <laughs> to be going over there, don't they? Yeah. We're at Hoffenheim that Reese Nelson were at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... They, they get a chance he'll play there, won't he? And I think Reese Nelson, he tore that league up and then it's proven yeah. good enough for this league too. So. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, like you're saying though, Luke, it's like he could go out there, he could do class, come back to Spurs and they think, yeah, he could be ready now and he'll come in and he'll be as piss poor as he, you know what I mean, where last year, fair enough, he's still got growth, but it's just not, just not a strong enough league for, you know what I mean, to build the player, but Make or break for him. You'd, you'd imagine if he doesn't succeed yeah. there, he's not going to come back to Tottenham and get much of a chance. They'll probably flog him next summer. So he's got to do yeah. it. Yeah. So last one on other transfers. So we've got Albert Adoma, who's recently left Notts Forest on a free transfer. Um, what do you make of that one going back to QPR, where he's actually a boiled fan of QPR, Lou? Know that uh, that that happened. I don't know how old is he. he must be 33, 34 now. Adoma. Did you have a look, Josh? weren't he? weren't he like thirty one? You you were surprised that he was oh. still playing, weren't you? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Um, been a good playing championship for a long number of years, but let's be let's be right. That's their replacement for Eze. I assume that is a bit of a downgrade. But QPR, much like Burnley, they've not got any money. Um, like most of championship clubs haven't these days you know uh, there's not a lot of money floating around down there at the minute understandably I think it's a good free transfer though because he knows that league inside out he's been promoted three or four times I think um, Middlesbrough Middlesbrough Villa Hull I feel like there's another but I might be wrong Um, and he's been involved in teams that have been around 
the top six. I think it was Bristol City for a long number of years as well. Good player. Uh, he's always impressed me. If I were down, yeah, he, I'd have him. He was someone who I'd have liked, actually have liked to have seen at Derby. May not may have not have been a first team player, but you know what I mean to be on the bench and to come on and make a difference. He's got he's got pace. He's got a bit of skill. I'd say his end product can be all right as a you know what I mean as a winger. Derby like to play a four-two-three-one, so he'd be perfect for that sort of right wing role. At the minute, we're playing <coughs> academy players in all of it. Shot Jason Knight as centre mid playing at right wing, but I think the only question be, question you'd have though is why are Forrest letting him go? Yeah, I think yeah. they've just signed a bunch of players and. Are they better than him? I don't know. It remains to be seen. I mean, they're in bottom three and not won a game yet, which makes me very happy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Right, we'll move on to everything about our clubs now. So we're going to cover everything over Derby, Man United and Burnley, all their transfer rumours and everything from the deadline day. So we'll start off with Derby County and we'll start with Charlie Austin. This one's been around for the last few weeks. Charlie Austin for $4 million, Charlie Austin for a loan. The, the, nobody's too sure exactly what's going to go on, if he's even going to come to Derby. But I know he's previously played at Burnley with you, Luke. So what did you make of his time at Burnley? It was a great foil for me up front. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, he was class for us. I love Charlie. Um, great, great player. So shit, we were in a Paul Burma team, unfortunately, when we had him. That in-between period under Eddie the Fraud Howe, um, between um, the Coil promotion and Dice one. They were really good. Scott, I think one season, he got, I think he got like 28 goals. He scored like in nine consecutive games at one point. Um, scored some absolute worldies too. People just have him as this box finisher who gets tappings, but you go watch some of the goals he scored for us. Or at the Valley, and we played Charlton away. I think we won 2 0. And he scored, must have been 35 yards out. Absolutely, absolutely belted it. It's such a good goal. Um, yeah, it, it, I'll always, always rate Austin as one of the best I've seen up front for Burnley, even now, even after seven years in Prem or whatever it's been over two periods. He's still right up there with Danny Ings. And he'd do a right job for him. Yeah. And say the deal doesn't even need to be done tonight because obviously the domestic transfers doesn't even shut until the 16th. So Tie, tie round two that night. Tie round two. Uh, that's actually what the hashtag is at the minute, tie round two. <laughs> um, the other transfers at Derby, I think these have been and gone now, obviously with the sort of foreign transfer market starting to shut. There were Derson from, I think it was Darmstadt, is it, from second league, Bundesliga. Uh, I know what Luke will say. If he's not playing first German <laughs> League Bundesliga, he's definitely not good enough for even League Two standards. Probably <laughs> not. Uh, <clears throat> which that that one's completely been blown out of water. That's not happening as well. And then Darby also linked with PSV forward Joel Pirro. He was just a youngster, 21 years old. He was on loan at Spartak. Someone Moscow. No. I can't remember who it were. Um, That's the only Spartak that matters, surely. <laughs> it, it, it was a terrible, and I know, I know he had a return form of like two goals in 18, so I don't, I would, well, I wouldn't have held up much, much hope for him even getting any goals in championship, even if he was to even get near the first team. But 
Derby have brought in Bobby Duncan from Fiorentina to go into the under-23s team. They've also brought in Isaac Hutchinson from Southend, who Southend are actually raving quite a lot about him. I know he played quite a bit last season for them, but that's it's been quite a quiet, quiet transfer window for Derby sort of in the last few weeks. But we'll move on to Man United because that's been quite a busy period with rumours and everything, Josh. So if you want to start us off with Edison Cavani and what's happening with that one. Uh, it's confirmed now, as of 10pm, our, our new number seven. No, he's not Cavani. number seven. <laughs> yes, he is. It's absolute stole Sancho's number. Well, the one we've been chasing all summer, the, the big marquee signing announced at 10pm. You, um, you can't give him a shirt as legendary as the one that Michael Owen wore. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got big boots to fill. You've got Owen, Valencia, Di Maria, Memphis. Good luck, Edinson. I feel like we're missing a couple. I think that's it for the for the real elite ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I'm probably going to go on a, a bit of a rant about United, um, and I'll probably sound sort of entitled and spoiled because we have spent a shitload of money. But I mean, United should spend money because they're Man United. So I'm I'm going to moan anyway. Um, We've not signed, unless Ed Woodward found Borussia Dortmund's number in the last 35 minutes, we've not signed a single player who's a guaranteed first-team player. So we've got Van der Beek, who's looking like a rotation player. I don't think he's a bad player at a decent price. Uh, we've got Tellez at left-back, who will rotate with Luke Shaw. We've got Cavani, who's looking like rotation at best, or... Sort of an upgrade on Igalo as backup for Martial. Uh, looks like we've got a couple of young kids coming in this Ahmad uh, Traore and some Uruguayan kid. And, and, and these aren't bad signings. I'm not slating these signings and the, the sort of squad improvements that we needed. But we had a good run last season and everyone knew that to strengthen and go to the next level, we needed two problem areas, right wing and a centre back. We've not got We've not got any of them. We just sold the centre back <laughs> for eighteen million. I don't. I don't know what had happened. Chris Mullen obviously had enough. Solskjaer didn't like him or whatever. Oh, we've been linked with every right winger that there is. We've been linked with three today, from Sancho to Dembele to Saar. Can't get any of them done. It's just it's absolute joke. Every other team around us has strengthened. Arsenal have got three or four. Players will go straight into their starting eleven. Chelsea have got about 17 that will go into their starting eleven. Even Liverpool getting like Thiago and Jota when they've had the season they've had. That's what a well-run club does. They go and they get stronger while they're strong. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just pissed off. Um, but it's, it's an inept board. Um, Ollie will be fall guy. But, and he's not good enough. Um, it's pretty clear to see but when he's your manager you should back him he, he wanted Sancho Dortmund had a price for Sancho which is it a bit much but can I get your opinion on that point obviously Sancho has been his number one target for like a year yeah why and I'm guessing this comes down to Solskjaer requesting that he wanted that player mm. why have they bothered signing Van der Beek Beek whatever the fuck, and Alex Tellers, 
doesn't make yeah. Let's just say them too. Yeah. You got to, what was it, 98 million, then it were rejected, and then they want whatever. You got yeah, yeah. high up, you were offering a lot. Yeah. Even just remove one of them two players, uh-huh. done deal. I don't, I, that's the strategy I don't get. Yeah. And that's why it just feels like there's something seriously wrong with the club. And it happens every year. We'll bring a manager in, we'll back him, we'll get top four, we'll look promising, and then we'll have another window where he won't get backed. And then they'll get sacked by Christmas, which Solskjaer will this year. I'd be surprised if he's still there by end of November, to be honest. Because yeah, like what Luke said there, I know you said about removing Telles and Van der Beek, but even if you kept them in, I know Man United are looking at, well, they've signed that Ahmad Traore, who's yeah. apparently the next big thing out of America at Atlanta. Is it America? It isn't. No, it, Italy. Is it the Italian Atlanta? Yeah. But he's not even played any games for him, but there's some money that's been handled behind the scenes there. There's probably, what, five, I don't know, five, six, seven million probably going their way. Uh, um, 19 million 19 there you go for, for a lad who's not even got a first team no. you know what I mean capital and, Smalling, and probably lost some other players off your wage bill that I can't remember Sanchez <laughs> yeah it's, it's ridiculous there's just it's such weird. an obvious lack of planning and ineptitude at United why are you scrambling around on 5th of October bringing in Edison Cavani at 10 o'clock an hour before deadline when he's been available on a free transfer for eight months. He's obviously not the player that you wanted mm-hmm. or you'd have signed him there and then. And I bet his wages are probably, what, 150 to 200k a week at least? Yeah, yeah and I mean, he's an upgrade on a Galo. Like I say, I'm not slating these players. I'll, I hope they come in and I hope they do really well. My problem is the lack of planning. You, you're running a club like Man United... And you're running it into ground. <laughs> it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It, it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Another option you had, though, aren't you, as well, is Sergio Romero. I mean, he's he's crying out to leave, isn't he? I mean, well, I don't know if you, any of you two Instagram. seen his wife here on Twitter putting about it, but he's on 100, 100 grand a week. You've already got Dean Henderson, De Gea, fair enough, Lee Grant as, you know what I mean, a third choice. Why do you need, why do you need four? You know what I mean? But I think I think with that one we were we were open to sell Romero, but just because he's dropped down and we've got Dean Henson who's coming and and better than him, he's mm. he's crying because he wanted to go to Everton. But Everton are our rival now. We're not going to loan him out to a team yeah. to make them stronger when they've got fucking T Rex arms in there who might <laughs> stop him. Who might stop him getting getting top four? Is I mean his wife will she'll calm down when he's. Paycheck comes through, won't she? But is there anything else that might be coming into Man United before deadline day? Is there anything that that's come through? Uh, no. So today we've confirmed half an hour left. Now we've confirmed Tellez, we've confirmed Cavani, and we've confirmed Ahmad Traore. There's this Palestri, uh, who's a young Uruguayan right winger, who's, who's rumoured to be coming in, but I think he'd be going into the uh, sort of under under 23s, under 21s or whatever anyway. Um, but now there were, there were talk, a lot of talk of Dembele earlier. Um, and the, I think there were even talk of, of getting him on a permanent deal at 60 million, which I think he's played about seven times in two years because his hamstrings are made of actual ham. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 
United are, it feels like it's sort of it's just a bad atmosphere at the minute. Like there's a lot of toxicity um, around the club, and it's from sort of right at the top with the owners through Ed Woodward. Solskjaer's not good enough. We've got like Paul Pogba needs to fuck off as well. I'm sick of him. So do you think Saw then it's dead in water now? He's not. It's not happening. Or do you think that's the only possibility of you bringing a right winger um, in? Well, you mentioned there's. The, the domestic window's still open, isn't it? But if we wanted to sign him, it'd have to be by some point tomorrow for him to play in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, I've seen that, yeah. million for him. And I, I said last week, I, I don't think he's an upgrade on Greenwood. I'd be, I'd be even more annoyed if we, if we go and splash fifty million on a, a very unproven uh, player. Yeah, not willing to spend hundred and ten or whatever it were on. An England international in in Sancho. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to Burnley then. So I know you've brought in new boy Anthony Gomez Mancini. Talk us through Burnley, Luke. What what's happening at Burnley? I've got to be careful what I say due to things. Um, <laughs> but. Um, there's massive problems at our club behind the scenes. And I think that's, I don't think I'm betraying any confidence with that when Sean Dyche makes it clear in every press conference that he has no money, has no budget. Um, and in, <clears throat> in the last six months, we've had Hendrick leave, Joe Hart leave, Aaron Lennon leave, Ben Gibson leave on loan, but we got a loan fee and his wages picked up. It was probably about best part of 250 grand, 300 grand a week with that. They were our highest earners, really. Um, and we brought in Dale Stephen for a million quid. We spent a million quid 20 years ago on Ian Moore, and I was like, fucking hell. I don't, I don't think that anymore. That's a signing on fee for a fucking player now. It's not a fee. And, and he's looked shit, I'm sorry to say, which I didn't. I, I, I think he's just a backup till he won't start the next game now. Goodmanson's fit, basically. Brownhill and Westwood is our midfield too. And Goodmanson will play on the right. Brownhill will fill it in on the right for some reason, just to accommodate Dale Stevens. Um, so he's, he's clearly just a backup player, a squad man. But yeah, it's, it's rubbish, really. We needed a centre back as soon as. Uh, we knew me and Tarkovsky weren't going to fit for the season. To start with Kevin Long um, and a young kid was just totally unfair. If we knew that was a situation, we shouldn't have let Gibson go. I don't care that he's fallen out with Daesh. Um, Just play the bastard. We've paid him 70 grand a week or whatever it is for two years to do absolutely fuck all. At least he can do is play a couple of games before we fuck him off to the championship. And he, was, he, he didn't look that great for Norwich as well, because he's there now, isn't he? Mega overrated. He is crap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and that kind of goes back to the reason a lot of us believe we haven't spent any money, unfortunately. Um, and what I mean by that is, Daesh pleads poverty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with the club on half of this and Daesh with half of this, right? We, he pleads poverty about how we've got no money... Let us remember where Dyche came from. He was an out-of-work manager. He was sacked by Watford. 
one of them that only had a job for eight months as a manager and you thought you'd probably never hear of it again, if I'm being honest. Burnley gave him a job and we've made Sean Dyche as much as Sean Dyche has made us. We fit together very well. And he knew the score when he took this job. We're not a rich club. We've got no benefactor yet. And that's the situation. The fact we got promoted didn't change that really. We've never been a big spender. Every big signing we've made has been off the back of a sale. Like when we um, we signed Chris Wood because we sold Andre Gray and, and so on. We've always done it that way. Um, so putting my diplomatic hat on, our chairman acknowledged the fact COVID is going to have a massive impact on Burnley because the profit that we turn has gone. And the thing he's always been crystal clear on that Dash has acknowledged that he understood is that we would never bet the ranch, as we call it. We need to be in a position where if we get relegated, we're stronger than the other teams in the championship to spend money down there to come back up, which is what we did the first time. We got relegated having... The first time we got promoted, the only players we signed were Lucas Djukovic and Marvin Sordell to try and stay in the Premier League. But we got relegated, only just, and then we're able to splash out on Andre Gray, Joey Barton, etc., and came up as champions. And I think... In Mike Garlick's defence, he's seen this window as a bit of a concern. There's no guarantees we spend money, we stay up. And if we get relegated in this situation, we know fans back, COVID, all of that. He doesn't want to overwhelm the club, particularly when it looks like Dash might not want to be here anymore long term. So I see it from both angles. It's crap as fans because you like to see a new signing come in. It's, it's exciting. It pushes the squad. You know, that... I don't think any Burnley players rest on the laurels particularly, but it's a very ageing, it's an old team, and very static. You know, there's not a lot of competition for places. So, I don't know, we've started the season very poorly. Um, but the players are getting back fit. We've missed Ben Mee terribly. I don't know what happened to Nick Pope the other night. Um, if it weren't for Pope, I genuinely think we might have gone on and won that game after Westwood scored. Uh, that was my expectation because we were really pressing them. And, but Alanson Maximin's just an absolute fucking beast. That's who United should be going for. Fuck Sancho. Yeah. In my opinion. But yeah, uh, disappointing window. When you talk about the young lad we signed today, it shows that we're clearly not broke, broke when we can spend three ways. Loan with a permanent three million fee agreed for a 19-year-old kid who's never played. Mm. Um, just seems a bit weird to me, especially when allegedly Harry Wilson, who we were about to sign, we offered 16 million and they wanted 3 million more to guarantee it. So why don't you just cancel whatever this yeah. French kid's deal is? And so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that's it for Burnley. You don't think anything else is happening before the okay. deadline? Well, we've been linked with a couple of championship players and. Uh, in Joe Lolly from Nottingham Forest, who I don't really think is good enough for this level from what I've seen, but what do I know? Uh, and Ben Davis from Preston, uh, who's a centre-back. Um, I think he's quite highly regarded. I don't know him that well, but we do need a centre-back, clearly, to be third choice in place of Gibson. And event and be the long-term replacement for Tarkovsky, because that's what we've always done. We've always had a conveyor belt of replacements, uh, we had Jason Shackle were our captain. We had Michael Keane on the bench, ready to take over from him. Shackle was sold to Derby. Keane came in for the team. 
then we signed Tarkovsky that summer and did the same again when we sold Keane to Everton. And that was the kind of future proofing that we did that we, we made money so easily doing it that way. And that, that's a strategy that seems to have been forgotten a bit now because we just get a team of loads of 30 year olds and Dale Stevens is another. And there's no one waiting in the wings for him anymore, yeah. which is another problem. Yeah. Right. So that is pretty much all the transfers done now. One thing I said we weren't going to do is talk over some the weekend fixtures, but there's two that we just need to cover. We just need to do it. We'll start off with Man United, the collapse of uh, Harry Maguire <laughs> and Luke Shaw and the rest of the team. But losing 6-1 at Spurs, Josh, go on, give us your, give us your true thoughts. Not losing 6-1 at Spurs, losing 6-1 at home to oh, fucking Tottenham, who 1-0 up as well after 30 seconds. Um, I, I don't know what to say. It could have been 12. Spurs definitely just sort of passed the ball around and, and didn't really try the last half an hour. Um, it, it, could have, it could have been 10 at half-time. The red card was irrelevant. Martial were, were passing. I know he, he won the penalty. Nice one. Cheers, Tony. Good 30 seconds. Um, but it's, our season's been diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Palace could have had five. Brighton could have had 10. Spurs could have had 12. We've got an £80 million centre-back who's... I don't know what the fuck happened in Greece, but sort it out because you paid a shitload of money and you're the most expensive defender in the world, and you're playing like a League Two centre-back. Yeah. And everyone's blaming Lindelof, and people need to start looking at Maguire. And I've been a massive fan of Maguire. I like him. He's like a local lad, and he's done really well. I think last season he got some grief um, about his pace and stuff. He got caught a few times, but I think overall he had a good season. I don't know. I don't know what's happened this year. It's only been three games. Maybe that's it. But he, he does not deserve a place in the United team next game. But he'll get picked because it's what it's what Ali yeah. does. He, he has eleven players that he seemingly trusts, and he picks them. Uh, Spurs were very, very good, um, and and picked us apart. I think that that deserves a mention um, because they, they did they did players off the park. Um, but it's, it's just bizarre to come from the highs of, of the end of last season where it really looked like we could kick on. And that's why I'm, I'm sort of so angry at the board and stuff. It felt like it was a real opportunity to kick on and, and finally get close. And, and there just seems to be so much negativity. <sighs> just utter shit. Um, our, next, our next fixtures are, are terrible as well. Um, you we, don't look to see it being improved then. No, right no, now. no. It'll, it'll get it'll get a lot worse before it uh, before it gets better. I think. Yeah. What do you think a good season for Man United will be then this season? Do you think anything, getting Euro, Euro Europeans no, or no, no, anything other than top four should be bare minimum. Getting in top four for Man United is not a good season. Winning league for Man United is a good season. Anything other is a failure. When you're as big a club as United. That's Do you not see that as sort of 
past living. I know we've said it before. No, but like, they're still massive, aren't they? We're one of the richest clubs in the world. But so looking at United for the last six years, they've not been a, a Premier no, League but, winning team, have they? No, but it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be. No, that's right. I mean, the money they spend, they should be, but yeah, I think they've got absolutely. deadbeat players like Pog Brantley and a couple others who just don't want to play. I mean, Rashford's hit and miss. You, talk, yeah. you go through a season, Rashford will have like five good games on bounce and everyone's like, he's the best player, but you sort yeah. of see him for the rest of the year and you think, where, where, where is he? He's yeah. absolutely missing. But yeah. Other problem. As I'll have bloody Mkhitaryan back at United. When I look at United's squad, I see a squad that's made of, by four managers with different yeah. tactics, different ideas. You know, you've still got the remnants of Ferguson there in Jones. Mm-hmm. You've still got yeah. a bit of Van Gaal, a bit of Moyes, um, yeah. a, lot of still, a lot of Mourinho, and then a bit of Solskjaer. So you've got all these players who've been sold different ideas of what they're joining United to play, what system, what, mm. you know, all of this. There's been so much change in that dressing room for them. Um and that's not me advocating that Solskjaer needs to be stability or anything. It's that the managers they've chosen have been inept yeah. going back from the second that Fergie retired. Um, nobody thought David Moyes was the right choice. And everything that you're seeing now goes back to that decision, which was Ferguson's decision, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, that summer, he was never the man to get. Everyone went just because he's Scottish yeah. and it was yeah. we all know it was because there's no other justification you can give <laughs> no, there at all as has been proven with Moyes' career since yeah. so I, I, if I'm a, I'm not a United fan but I put everything still down to that decision that summer um, that's happened since they've been firefighting that decision ever since um, and I think they will be for a long number of years still yeah it, it feels it, so it feels like with Solskjaer that they've sort of decided right we need to stick with the manager and he's bringing in like well until tonight and we've we've got Cavani it seemed like we're getting if you don't want to be at United we don't want you kind of thing there were there were a few days I think it were Dybala last year um, and we walked away because he, he he didn't want to he didn't want to join or whatever so we were like fine whatever um so it seems like we've got that sort of right ethos now and we're trying to trying to do it the right way. But Solskjaer's just not not the right man. He where would his next job be? If you sacked Solskjaer now, his next job would not be in the Premier League. So what is he doing managing Man United? We spoke about that, didn't we, Josh? We was like looking at Solskjaer's career, being at Cardiff, being at Mould. I mean he got sacked by Cardiff because again he's a terrible manager. <laughs> and then he's at Mould. You think, who were they really in sort of yeah. football? You know what I mean? They're yeah. not like a giant team. And then because he's a legend and you know what I mean? Like like Luke said, Barcelona have done it. Real Madrid's done it. Bringing back past legends. They just thought, oh, fuck it. We'll give him, we'll give him a try. But yeah. It's just, um, it, it's just when he were at Cardiff, I'll, I'll never forget. It reminded me of when Laurie Sanchez went to Fulham. You're both thinking, where's he going with this? <laughs> Laurie Sanchez was the Northern Ireland manager and he went to Fulham the season they were struggling and they eventually did get relegated um, 
And what did he do? Well, the answer to this problem is to sign the Northern Irish squad. So he signed literally about six players, um, including David Healy, amongst others, and thought they'll keep us up. They, they do a great job for me for Northern Ireland. And Solskjaer went to Cardiff and signed yeah. fucking Norwegians. And that that's, him, that's him without money. That's yeah. the real Solskjaer. Not yeah. the one you're seeing who's got an open checkbook at Man United who can go out and, and, and offer 100 million for players like Sancho. The real Solskjaer as a manager is the one who were at Cardiff who had a, a limited budget, who was out yeah. of his depth. And they're st- yeah. still the same man. He, he got that boom coming in because he wasn't Mourinho. And it, it was really toxic then as well. Mm. Uh, they're not bad players. United have got a squad with some fantastic players in it and we've seen it glimpses under Solskjaer but I don't know he's got two formations and that's it if it's not three at back it's well it's 4-2-3-1 or it's three at back and and that's it he's just unable to to change or adapt um, and he will be gone by November So after the Man United game as we know it was Aston Villa versus Liverpool for you, Josh, this probably put a smile on your face after the disappointment of the Man United uh, performance, but losing 7-2, that's an embarrassment, isn't it? It's Luke. just uh, by far the most embarrassing result of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, run us through the game. What, what did you make of the Villa team and Ollie Watkins? <laughs> well, I'll hold my hands up to Watkins for now. Because <laughs> um, he uh, he bullied Gomez, who looked like a child in a rabbit in headlights in that game. Second goal, especially uh, from Watkins. I mean, uh, great, great finish. Turned him inside, and what? And it went on his arse, and then smashed it in top corner. Uh, Liverpool, just in general, from the second the game kicked off, didn't look right at all. I don't, I don't know why that was. Whether they underestimated it, whether they were complacent, uh, whether they just missed Mane that much, but I find that a bit weird. Um, it's it's mental. I don't know how to answer it, and I'm not going to just say Liverpool had an off day. You have to give it's all about Aston Villa. Um, they'd have beat, I think, any team in the Premier League that night, I'd, I'd, without a doubt. They were so good, um, and I'm not. It weren't really the Grealish show. He, he weren't the man you think of for once. No. Barkley were great, McGinn were great, Watkins were outstanding. I thought um, the winger, whose name I forget, Trezeguet, was great. They were just, they flooded forward. They put so men, so many men on, uh, you know, on, on the front foot. It was just a really, really impressive performance. And Matty Cash looked good. They were caught out defensively a couple of times, but ball over the top of him. But going forward again, really impressive. Um, that's a team that have shown, um, you know, if, you, if you're not good enough, spend money in the right areas, which we've given Dean Smith a bit of criticism and said he's, up, he's out of his depth. I still think he's just quite lucky that he's got so much money there. Um, you know, a team that were in the championship 18 months ago signing Ross Barkley. It's a bit weird, isn't it? But they're a big club. So, you know it's not like a Fulham situation. They are a massive club and they're probably signing players of the calibre of club that they are now. It's just crazy that it's happened so fast. Um, I think they're... It's it's exactly what you said though, isn't it? 
Aston Villa were absolutely quality. They put seven goals against a team who absolutely ripped the league apart last year. And it's not just because Becker were weren't in team and Mane. This there's still Andy Robertson, Van Dijk, Gomez and Trent. This back four which has been so dominant past what, two years. Mm. And giving Aston Villa credit, seven goals against them is bloody brilliant, isn't it, really? Yeah, they they were really, really strong. All of, I mean they've won all the games, haven't they? I think. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, yeah, three. Throughout three. Um, so it's not a fluke. They've started the season really well. I mean, Sheffield United game, they weren't great, if I'm honest, but they, ground, they grinded it out. Those are the type of games they were losing last season. Um, even, you know, at, at the back, I know Liverpool scored two, but that's a good day against Liverpool if you're Aston Villa. So I thought the defence were decent, and you know I've never been a fan of Mings. That <laughs> is an understatement. No. Um, Martinez, who we gave criticism to, he were, he were fine in goal. Um, you just stack all the hands up and say they were they were all over the pitch, they were better than Liverpool. Um, in terms of Liverpool, what does it mean for them? I don't, I don't know. I really don't They've know. They've got to come out next game, haven't they, and literally prove that why they were champions last year. But you look at City, and they got battered off Leicester and then struggled against um, Leeds. Yeah. Uh, I expected them to turn up and put three or four past Leeds that day, and they started that way when Sterling scored, but... I don't know. I think it goes back to what we said earlier, just the situation that we're in. Uh, the fear factor has been removed a bit. I think they're just kind of thinking it's a bit of a... It's almost like playing a practice game. That's how it feels, like you're just dicking about on training ground. There's like a behind-closed-doors friendly. And you wonder if these serial winners who are so used to, you know, constant success, playing at the on the biggest stage, aren't getting the game up as much. Um playing in an empty stadium against teams that are perceived to be lesser than them. I don't know. Yeah. Could be a weird season. Already already yeah. has been so far. Yeah. Right. We'll leave it there then. So next week we have a Chesterfield legend. Yes, a legend joining us on the podcast. Someone who has played over, what is it, 150 times for the Spy Rights. Um, our first guest on the channel, so make sure you are here for the fifth episode of Pine of Pine. Cheers, all. Cheers, guys. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. Pine and Pine. Pine and Pine.